Hello, all you cool cats and kittens out there. I immediately regret saying that. That was horrible. I apologize. But welcome back to another episode. So this week, I sat down with my friend Garrett and we unpacked La La Land. However, I think there's a few things I need to address prefacing this episode. Primarily, the pandemic happening in our world. (laughs) So it's been a few weeks since I've done a podcast. I think over a month because I had spring break and the recording equipment I normally use is at my university and because of everything that's happening now, it is unavailable. So I guess I didn't have the time and I was stressful and all these different things. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, so it might be a little differently than normal. Also, The audio quality is just not going to be there. I just had to use the mic built into my laptop because my mother refuses to send me professional recording equipment that I have at my house in Dallas. Thanks, mom. (laughs) Anyway, please enjoy this episode. I just wanted to warn y'all a little bit, but it's still a great episode. still fun. So without further ado, please enjoy La La Land. Yay! podcast again Woo! it's been a hot minute and i'm here with garrett Woo! what movie did we do this week garrett we did la la land a classic iconic who is she a history of fashion i love this movie so much thank you for picking it of course <laughs> okay so tell me like about the movie or what was your first experience watching the movie why'd you pick it etc etc Okay, so I saw the movie first, um, like, when it came out in theaters. Um, I, like, when I heard the name, I was like, okay, like, that'll be, and I don't know. I had no opinions really about the movie, like, when I heard the name, because I didn't see any previews, um, but I had a lot of friends tell me it was really good, um, so I dragged my mom to the theater to see it with me, and, um, I really liked it the first time, um, I don't think I liked it as much as I do now the first time I watched it, um. And part of that could have been swayed by my mom's opinion. My mom is not the biggest <laughs> fan of this movie. Um, How maybe, dare she? Yeah, I know. Rude, right? Rude. Um, but that could partly be because um, she's, like, used to the classic musicals, and she was, like, trying too um, hard to compare it to musicals. So, one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I liked it definitely a lot more than her, but then as I started watching it, like, I started getting, like, more and more appreciation for, like, the movie as, like, it's kind of a work of art, so. Crying, it yeah. is. It's so good. Um, that's cool. So, why did you pick it like to watch? Did you just like pick a random movie, or? Um, it's definitely my favorite movie. Um, <gasps> Aww. Yeah. Uh, I just the more and more I watch it, like I can't, I don't get tired of it. The more and more I watch it, I know, um, which is really nice. Um, there are very few movies where I can just like watch it like over and over again and um, not get tired. So this is definitely, like, one of those. Mm. Well, I love this movie, too, as I have probably made a point of. Um, I had, like, a similar... I had the opposite experience. So I'm, like, obviously a big film movie nerd, but... So I, like, keep track of all the movies that come out at, like, Sundance or Cannes before they're released in theaters. Because the way... There's construction at my house, so it's, like, all the drains (laughs) are messed up, so there might be random pauses, but... um, the way that, like, films are distributed if they're indie is that they get accepted into film festivals, and then a major studio will buy the movie and then distribute it. Okay. Um, so I was, like, keeping track of everything, and I was like, ooh, Ryan Gosling? 
I love him. Like, me and my brother have this weird fascination with Ryan Gosling. Like, we'll watch anything, even if it's bad, just because he's in it. I mean, understandable, but... Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and I remember I watched the trailer, and to this day, it's the best trailer I've ever seen. Like, I honestly don't know if I've seen the trailer. Like, to be honest... Loki, I, really I think, think the I've trailer's the better than the movie. Really? Honestly, a little bit. <laughs> it's like... I just remember I was like in econ class because it was my senior year of high school and I was like I could not stop showing people this trailer. I was like Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, it's so good. Like look at the pretty colors and like all these different things. I was so excited about this movie. I saw it four times in theaters. Okay. And then my birthday, the movie came out like January, like Oscar season, December, January. Yeah. And my birthday's in May. And for my birthday, I got two copies of La La Land from two different people. My brother got me the Blu-ray, and then another one of my friends just got me the DVD. So I have one in my car and one in my room in case of emergencies, as you should. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I love this movie. I think it's probably the movie I've rewatched the most. Hey. Or Jurassic Park. Hello, Kimberly. How are you? Do you have any opinions on La La Land? Oh, are you making a podcast right now? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> I like the piano. <laughs> you heard it here first. Kimberly likes the piano. <laughs> Do you remember in Spongebob when Spongebob is like spying on Pearl for her birthday? Mm-hmm. And oh he like God. overhears her gossiping and he's like, Kimberly likes Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Little tangent aside, I guess I'll get into like... <laughs> Basically, the history of the movie. So, the director, Damien Chazelle, he only made one other movie before this, and it was Whiplash. Did you ever watch that? Whiplash is so good. That movie is the most stress I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Like, forget about finals. Like, I've gotten into car accidents before. Like, watching Whiplash is the most stress I've ever been in my life. Agreed, but it's so good. It's so good. And it's, like, crazy that he went from, like, Whiplash to La La Land. Like, he wanted to make La La Land first. And then um, he couldn't get the money to make it. So someone like greenlit Whiplash and he made that for like no money. And then they were like, okay, here's a blank check. Go make La La Land. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're very different pace like movies too. So. Yeah. And it's like really interesting because he's a musician. He's like a drummer. So if you look at it from that lens, it's interesting to see how both of these movies are kind of like a love letter to music in a way yeah no they really are it's like that it's like a love letter to passion and that's what mm-hmm. i think i really resonated with that um and then later on he went on to make first man with ryan gosling did you ever see that i don't think i did it's the story of when i was about to say lance armstrong <laughs> like an idiot neil armstrong and like all those astronauts went to the moon for the first time oh okay i don't yeah. think i saw that one i i don't think it was like super well received i couldn't okay. remember it was kind of like a smaller movie yeah i really like him and i really think like he's gonna make a lot of like the great movies going into the next like 10 years because he's such a young director he was like 25 when he made whiplash oh i did not realize he was that young yeah he's like not an old white guy he's okay. a young white guy yeah <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> Um, I really like him and I think he has like a very interesting way of like making movies and like seeing movies. So that'll be fun to see what happens maybe. Yeah. So the actors, I feel like this is something I'm going to talk about later, but I feel like besides Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, I hate all the other actors in this movie. Yeah. Like all the background actors are so bad. mm -hmm. I agree. Right? Yeah. What is John Legend 
doing in a turtleneck? I don't know. I don't know. What is he doing in a movie anyways? <laughs> it just makes me so mad. <laughs> I've been thinking about this turtleneck, that, that mustard one that he's been oh, wearing. Yeah, no. Since senior year of high school when I first watched this movie. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. Obviously, Ryan Gosling, incredible, fantastic, history of fashion, iconic, could never. I love him so much. I remember... I've seen Crazy Stupid Love, so, like, every time I go home, me and my brother just look at each other, and we're like, be better than The Gap. Do you remember that scene? I don't think I've seen Crazy Stupid Love. Garrett. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's on HBO. I will give you my HBO password okay. if you don't have it. Like, I think I stole Emilio's, or, like, I've been using his. So, perfect. Now yeah. I like how you just admitted that on the internet. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> oops. oops. But... Crazy Stupid Love is like one of those movies where, okay, you kind of look at Ryan Gosling and you're like, he's like a really suave, like good looking guy who has a lot of charisma. That's yeah. like his entire purpose of that movie is him to just like look good in a suit and okay. be better than everyone. Yeah. So it's amazing, obviously. Um, and then he made another movie I really like called Drive, which is on Netflix as well. And Basically, I think that was the movie, it came out in like 2008, 2007, where he went from being the guy from The Notebook to like Ryan Gosling kind of thing. Okay. Um, it's like this really crazy car, he's like a getaway driver for like serious crimes. So kind of like Baby Driver-ish? It's Baby Driver if it was like really serious. Okay. But it's really good. Every time I watch a movie, I'm blown away. So those are, like, my favorite Ryan Gosling movies. I don't know if you have, like, any other ones where you're like, oh, I love him. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head what I've seen that he's in. Um, I keep meaning to watch Blade Runner. Um, <gasps> That's another one of my, like... I saw the first one, and I really liked the first one, and I want to see the second one. I just haven't... Like, I don't... Is it on Netflix or anything, do you know? Mm, I think it's on Amazon Prime, maybe. Okay. But I will say that is a fantastic underrated movie that makes me so mad more people weren't excited about. Because I remember yeah. I, like, cleared my entire, like, Friday night just to go watch Blade Runner by myself in the movies. <laughs> like, into the College Station, like, theater. And there was, like, no one in there. And I was like, why is no one talking about this movie? Like, it's so good. And, like, he didn't get nominated for an Oscar for that movie. And I was like... <laughs> I was so upset. Um, what else? Oh my god, have you ever seen Blue Valentine? I have not. Never watched that movie. Okay. It'll, like, literally take any idea and hopes and fantasies you have about love and just, pardon my French, completely shit on them, and you'll never want to, like, see another human again. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a bit of a downer. <laughs> people, every, every time people ask me about it, they're like, Blue Valentine, it looks so cute, like, Ryan Gosling, Valentine. I'm like, don't watch it. <laughs> If you're in a relationship, never watch that movie. Or if okay. you're not, don't watch that movie. I watched Just it period, once. Don't yeah, watch it. Okay. <laughs> it's a it's a hard one to watch. Oh my god, have you ever seen The Nice Guys? You would love that movie. Okay. Okay, it's Ryan Gosling and uh, this is turning into a Ryan Gosling fan <laughs> podcast. Oh well. It's a Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe as these like seventies detectives. Okay. And it's. I think Ryan Gosling's a really underrated comedic actor. Like, you see it a lot in La La Land, how he's really funny. Yeah, he is. And it's a lot more than just, like, charisma. It's like he genuinely knows comedic timing. Right. And this movie is the funniest he's ever been. Okay. There's a scene where Russell Crowe's, like, breaking his arm. <laughs> and, like, his screams. I've just, like, never related <laughs> to something more. It's so good. I love this movie. Anyway. Love Ryan Gosling. Incredible treasure. 
another, the other actor in this movie, because there's basically only two, Emma Stone. One, best actress for this movie. Right. Incredible, well-deserved, iconic, history of fashion, love her, amazing. I don't know the whole TikTok, so I'm just improvising. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like this is another one. I don't, I was never like the biggest Emma Stone fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think no, she's I, just okay for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I um, think her performance in this is really good though, but like I think a lot of her movies are just, it's Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah. I think there's like a phenomenon I like to describe as like A minus movies. They're like really good movies that you watch and you're never going to see again, but you're like, that was a good movie and you yeah. never think about it again. Like 1917 was that movie for me where I was like, that was a okay. great movie. I'm never going to think about it again or rewatch it. Right. Um, and I feel like she's only in those movies. Like, yeah. she's not really in, like, iconic roles. Yeah. Besides, like, that. Easy A. You know what I mean? hmm So, I don't know. I like her. She's great. She did so good in this movie. She really did. Like. The audition scene. <sighs> Every time I watch this movie in theaters, I, I was, like, bawling. And that, I'm not a crier, but I think there's something about, I think if you're a creative person, and I'm a tight. I'm an Enneagram four. I'm warning okay. you now. Yeah. Um. So I'm emotional and creative. <laughs> I'm tormented. But there's something about when you're a creative and you have that hunger and that drive for that thing you're passionate about. Right. But the universe is just never gonna let you mm-hmm. go after it. That frustration is something like I just relate to so much, and I've never had it encompassed so well in a film. Yeah. So every time I saw audition, I was like, "Who's hey, to the ones who dream?" <laughs> crying like oh my god i love it so good yeah so this moving on to award history yeah this was a very dicey it was award season i know did you watch the oscars that year um i only saw the clip from the announcement for best picture yeah Um, i think i only watched like one oscars where like foxcatcher was nominated i don't know Uh, if you ever saw that movie yeah Um, steve carell yeah um i don't know like i like award shows but i rarely ever like cut the time out of my day to like go watch them i just yeah oh, especially okay, in college you yeah. know and i don't have cable. there's not a lot of movies that like i was super into going into like the award season or mm-hmm. if i know like okay like this movie is probably gonna win so like i don't see much point in like watching it because i thought all of it was definitely gonna win like after watching it and like the hype it got i thought it was gonna win so i was yeah. like oh like i don't see as much point in like watching the award show this year yeah Okay, so I'm, like I said, gross movie nerd, so the Oscars is, like, everything to me every year, and I know it's, like, horrible, and it doesn't really reflect, like, great films of the year, but it's the only thing I have, so. (laughs) Um, Other Best Picture nominees that year were Arrival, great movie. Fences, haven't seen, but I know it's great. Um, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, fantastic. Hidden Figures, another A-minus movie. I'm sure we all, like, know what Hidden Figures is, but it was okay. It was good. You're like, I'm never going to think about it again. La La Land, Magnifique. Um, (laughs) Lion, which is another one of those, like, A-minus movies. I watched it. It was great. Never thought about it again. Manchester by the Sea. Bro, that movie (laughs) is another one where you're like, don't ever watch it. It'll just, like, wreck you inside. (laughs) Like, everything you have about humanity will be gone. But I love that movie. On Amazon Prime. And then Moonlight which is also like incredible and so good and yeah. very well-deserved win in my opinion. But it was crazy because I remember 
I was still in high school and me and my brother every year would like sit down and watch it with our mom. And my mom had like no idea what was happening. But of course, like we'd seen all the movies. So right. we were like, ah! And I feel like there was this very large anti-La La Land sentiment. Because did you ever watch that SNL skit? With Aziz Ansari, where he's in a police station, and they arrest him because he said he didn't like La La Land. Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, Right? Like, yeah. I feel like there was so much of that going into this award season. So I was like, oh, I don't think it's going to win. Like, she'll probably win for Best Actress, but it sucks that, like, it won't get recognized, blah, 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 blah. But I really wanted it to win. Right. In my opinion, it was really... All these movies were great. Like, this was a great year for movies. Um, especially because the next year was... Oh, Actually, the next year was really good, too. Never mind. I'm a liar. Um, but I really thought it was going to be between La La Land and Moonlight. And I had watched Moonlight, like, the night before. And that movie, if you haven't... Have you seen it? I haven't, no. That's another... That's, like, the perfect coming-of-age movie in a way that's, like, haunting, if that makes sense. Okay. I don't know. I can't explain it. Would you compare it to Boyhood at all? Like, I think it's, like, a much more intense Boyhood. Okay. Like, okay. Boyhood is very, as much as, I hate to say this, but I feel like there's not really, like, a struggle. It's just no, kind of like really a, isn't. Yeah, I right? get that. Like, there's not at all a struggle. It's just, like, the movie's cool because it's the same guy. Like, they filled it, like, they filmed yeah. it from his childhood to, like, him being exactly. in his 20s, which is, like, the cool factor to that movie. But Yeah, but I feel like in Moonlight, it takes, like, the concept of boyhood and, like, adds in all these other factors of, like, race and socioeconomic status and, like, obviously like LGBTQ identity and like all these different things. So it's a different perspective on growing up Okay. where I feel like boyhood is much more of like a documentary of a kid who just like grew up every year. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really intense. It's really like a beautiful movie. 11 out of 10 would recommend. I like La La Land more, but I have like personal reasons why I like it more, but I feel like Moonlight is probably a better movie. But I just remember they said La La Land, and I was, like, crying. I was so happy. Like, me and all my friends from high school, I had this very, I hate to say this, but, like, pretentious group of friends in high school. Okay. And we all were, like, only shopped at J. Crew, like, only watched, like, indie movies yeah. and were yeah. those kind of people. So we were, like, texting each other, and we're like, can you believe this La La Land one? I remember everyone would tell us to shut up. Because I'd show, like, everyone in my school the trailers, and they're like, it looks just okay. I'm like, you don't understand. And yeah. And then I remember they were like, no, 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 it's Moonlight. And I was like, what fever dream am I living in? <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Like, I can't believe that happened, like, to this I know. day. It's like the Miss Universe pageant, but, like, in movies. Steve Harvey. You know what's also crazy? Um, so, I'm my mom's Colombian, right? So, okay. uh, I don't know if you knew that. But she's, like, if you ever meet my mom, she's a very little Hispanic woman. Looks nothing like me. And she knew like, the Miss Columbia that year. Really? Yeah, it was, like, a friend's, like, cousin's daughter kind of thing. Like, she knew her. And they, that was the name that they read out who won. And then they were, like, never mind, it wasn't someone else. Yeah. So we've been, my family's been robbed so many times. <laughs> I hate it. Um, but, yeah, crazy little, like, story associated with this movie. I think a lot of times, though, the, like, hype around that, like, overshadows the movie. If yeah. that makes sense. When people are like, oh, La La Land. That was the movie that they messed up right. announcing, which makes me sad. Yeah. Big sad. 
Anyway, let's move on to opinions of the movie. Was there anything you thought was, like, bad or dumb or, like, mm, I didn't love that? Um, I think, like we said, like, the background actors not as um, strong as they could have been, which is unfortunate. Can someone um, please tell me who thought it was a good yeah. idea to give John Legend a mustard turtleneck? <laughs> um, very interesting choices there. Uh, <laughs> I think, um, I mean, I kind of do see what my mom is saying. Like, if you compare, like, the musical, like, not necessarily, like, the compositions, Mm -hmm. like, not the, like, piano and, like, all that stuff that goes into it. But if you compare, like, the singing and, like, the dancing to, like, you know, like, the old musicals, like, Oliver or Singing in the Rain, like, those old musicals, like, it doesn't quite compare. So I can see, like, where my mom, like, had an issue Mm -hmm. with it. So um, I think that was the only thing that, like, could have been, or, like, not the only thing, but, like, one of the things that definitely could have been better in the movie. Well, I have a theory um, about that. Okay. I have a theory that people, when they, like, pack up their bags and go to Hollywood and say, I'm going to be mm-hmm. a great actor, are actually terrible actors, and they have to, like, develop into those great actors. Yeah. So I have a theory they were intentionally bad to okay. show how, like, people are not as good as they think they are yeah. <laughs> like when they're, like, acting and singing and, like, performing if that makes sense I could, no yeah i definitely could see that um that's also me rationalizing a movie because i love this movie so no, much so i can yeah. be complete bullshit i don't even know but <laughs> that's like my theory behind it okay but i get what you're saying like there's definitely aspects where i feel like it could have been better in terms of like dancing and like yeah. they're singing sometimes they're singing. Yeah, definitely. you can tell it's definitely been like edited in a studio and mm-hmm. all these different things um which is interesting because Emma Stone got picked to do La La Land because she was doing a run of Cabaret on Broadway. Okay. And then the director saw her in Cabaret, which is funny because the lead in Cabaret is supposed to be a really bad singer. Oh. So I guess he like yeah. chose her even though she was like intentionally bad. Okay. It was a really weird scenario. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. But I definitely get what you're saying. Um... I also don't think this movie is, like, very natural. Like, the way that they talk is not, like, how people would talk, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like the relationship, too, like, like, minus the planetarium scene, like, I feel like the relationship developed at, like, a very, like, awkward pace compared to, like, how other, like, romance, like, this isn't really a romance movie, but, like, how other, like, romance movies, like, would develop the relationship between, like, the two, like protagonist my joints yeah (laughs) I definitely agree with you it was very strange too how like for a movie that's supposed to be so grounded in reality there's a lot of aspects of it that are hyper fictionalized yeah so the fact they kept running into each other randomly is like kind of strange no very yeah yeah in a way that's like not natural you know Mm -hmm. so it's like I don't know and the dialogue is a little weird at one point, Ryan Gosling says, I've been Shanghai'd. I don't think that's a <laughs> verb. <laughs> that's a noun. Yeah. Get it right, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> um, and I also think, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but I noticed that this movie really only works if Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are the leads. Like, I feel like if you put any other actor in there, it would not have been as good because it's yeah, kind of... Yeah, I don't think I could see it with anyone else. I right? Agree. It's like all built on their charisma. Very true. Yeah. And like they'd already been in a movie 
before too. So like they already had that's right. Yeah. So they already had like that working relationship that they could build off and go into this movie with too. So I think that might have helped with it a little bit too. Oh, that's true. I didn't think of that. Good job, Garrett. (laughs) (laughs) Um yeah, like I said, like I think my biggest thing was really how like the background actors were so bad. Mm-hmm. Like even like his sister was so bad. Yeah, like she had that one like okay, minus like the engagement scene or whatever where she's getting engaged, like yeah. the party he's playing at, at the end. But like she only had that one scene to be like, grow up <laughs> at the end, like at the beginning, and like other than that, like she served her purpose to grow yeah. up and like sit on the jazz player's stool, like that was it. I know. I just had so many problems with John Legend in this movie, too, because, like, not only were his wardrobe choices horrible, but, like, I didn't really understand the point, like, their relationship, like, they were in a band together, and then he kicked him out. I don't, yeah, no, they never really explained that. Like, why did, it, it's been, yeah, I don't, doesn't make sense. Bad. Bad John Legend. Also, I was talking about this with Kim. Do you remember, like, knowing who John Legend was before this movie? I think, like, vaguely I had, like, I knew a couple of his songs. Okay. Right? I think, when did, what was that one song of his that was, like, super, super popular? Um, it was, All like, that of one me? Song? Yeah, 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 that one. Like, I think that one came up before this movie, right? Oh, I don't know. If it, I, I I'm pretty you. sure it did, so I think, like, I knew who he was from that, but, like, him in a movie... Was a foreign idea to me. Was he in Selma? Like, I know he was on the soundtrack for Selma, but was he oh, in Selma? I don't know. Pulling up the IMDb. I'm prepared. I don't know. It's just, like, so weird because I don't really remember being aware of him until I saw this movie. And I was like, okay, that guy's obviously, like, a musician. Yeah. Like, who is he? They definitely, like, did not cast him for his acting. Like, whatever way they cast no. him. Like, they definitely didn't cast him for his acting. They cast him because they needed somebody who could sing really well. Yeah. Well, ironically, the song that he does is my least favorite song in the movie. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's, like, it's so weird and modern. It's not. It doesn't fit with the movie's vibe at all. But no. I think that was the purpose of the song, really. Okay, like, well, I think to show how far, like, Ryan Gosling or Sebastian had, like, Seb. gone away Sebs. from... You know, Wait. his origins, whatever. He was on This Is Us? Whoa. I don't think he's ever been in another movie. Like, movie movie. Huh. I don't think he was in... Was he in Selma? I don't think so. Weird. Okay. He was just on the soundtrack in Selma. Because I know he did a song with, I think, Common for that movie. I just don't want a bunch of Oscars, like, okay. the soundtrack. And I'm yeah. like, cool. Um... So moving on to things we did like. Okay. Yay. There's I have like two pages full of things. <laughs> um, this is like really random, but I really like the font choice. <laughs> like La La Land. No. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, right? like, and it's very fitting too. Yeah. It's a very pretty font. So good. I just, I don't know why, but every time I see the poster and I look at the font, I'm like, good yeah. job. The graphic designer <laughs> who did that. Um... Like I said, like, this is probably my favorite trailer of all time out of any movie I've seen. I think it just, like, perfectly... I'll show you the trailer later. Okay. But it, like, gets you excited for the movie in a way that... I don't know. It just, like, gives you butterflies every time I watch it. Because I like when things build, especially Mm -hmm. with music. Yeah. Right? Like the epilogue scene, like, all that. Yes. Yes. So good. Um... So, in the trailer, I feel like it starts with one song, and then it just, like, gradually builds to, like, the 
I guess like chorus or like the apex of the song. Okay. So it's like such a good like, ooh, I'm excited. What is this? Oh my God, I can't wait to see this kind of thing. Right. So I really love the trailer. Um, let's talk about some scenes. The opening scene. Incredible. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I know. It's so good. Wait, what were some of your like favorite scenes that you remember? Okay. Um, let's see. Definitely like it's a very good opener for a movie. I think one of my favorite opening scenes in a movie for sure. Um... I think probably my favorite scene is definitely, like, the epilogue. Um, I know it's probably everybody's favorite scene, but, like, <laughs> um, I think the movie is good without it, but it just wouldn't, like, it doesn't work as well if you take out that part of the movie. Like, if you cut yeah. out the epilogue, it's just, it would have been an okay movie. Like, it wouldn't have been a bad movie, but it would have just been an okay movie. Yeah, I think it's, like, one of those little scenes that really pushes this movie from good to great. Yeah. Um, because I also think that a lot of people don't understand that you don't need dialogue to tell a story visually. And that's yeah. what good movies do. They kind of just, like, break everything down. Like, you could turn off the sound and you know what's happening still. Right. And I think epilogue is, like, the perfect embodiment of that. Yeah, and I don't know if you... I was just rewatching this, like, right before this, so this is how I noticed this. But, um... Uh, in the scene where, like, he goes to the coffee shop the first time and, like, they start walking around, like, um, the Hollywood block. If you notice when they look in the warehouse, there's, like, a prop set up. And it's the, like, set for one of the background scenes in the epilogue. Oh, my gosh. I've I mean, I never be, noticed like, really that. Wrong, but, like, it looks identical to me. Like, seeing it from, like, an hour apart. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> it definitely looked like it was, like, the prop background for... Um, you just blew my mind. That's yeah. incredible. I did not notice that. I need to go rewatch for the 15th time because <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, also epilogue. I think it's like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I have this soundtrack like downloaded on my phone in case like I, my internet goes out. I just play like a Wallet soundtrack. Yeah. And every time I listen to epilogue driving... I feel so empowered. No, after. yes, it is absolutely like such an empowering. I know like, the score is just yes. so good, and the way it like builds off of each other and transitions from like one of the songs to the next is just it's so, so good. good. I also like that it's like different styles. Yeah. Um, like this is like weird nerdy cinematography stuff, but like I like how it goes from like crane shots of them dancing, mm -hmm. um, with the stars and stuff with all the lights and like this huge sounds sound stage yeah. to like an eight millimeter camera close up of them with their ki like fictional yeah, kid like painting the house and with their yeah. yeah um i like that it i don't know it's kind of cute because it like goes through um i think their stages of life too like the sound stage and all this grand like things is like they're like how they view hollywood in a way it's like yeah. glitzy and glam and then when they get down to them as a family it's very like unfiltered unglamorous like pure like raw like yes yeah those are the words i couldn't yeah. think of. <laughs> um oh, it's just so good incredible um let's see what's another scene i really like oh i really like too this is a little detail every time ryan gosling is like playing the piano he'll always like listen to the song and then rewind it yeah like in the opening or like not the opening scene but like his like, yeah in the car like, when goes, he's like Wait, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Or, like, when he's, um, not even at the car, but, like, he does do that in the car, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but uh, I was thinking of like when he goes to his house and after his sister yeah. puts his hand on the record and then just plays it. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but like I resonated a lot with that too, where you're like so fixated on something that's like all you can think about. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a small detail that really adds to his character because then you understand like why he's so infatuated with jazz. It's like it's he, his life. Like, it's he lives literally his jazz. life. Yeah. Oh, so that's what we call character development. Yeah. A wild concept. Um, but I like too that they did that without him having to be like, I love jazz. It's like, yeah. no, you see him obsessed yeah, with exactly. jazz. Um, also think it's kind of weird that this movie's about jazz, but whatever. Like out of all the genres, yeah. jazz. Yeah. But I feel like <laughs> if it was about any other, like it wouldn't fit. Like the way that's this true. movie, like this movie is jazz, if that makes sense. Like, it's a metaphor. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. You remember in The Fault in Our Stars where the guy's like holding a cigarette and he's like, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> us right now. Um, yeah, I don't know why that really, that detail like really spoke to me. And okay, uh, I think my second favorite scene, I think epilogue's probably my favorite scene, um, is Planetarium. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. another one where... There's no talking. You just yeah. see them, like... Like, that's where their love, like, really, really develops. Yeah. Like, you have a little bit of hand-holding before in the movie theater, right? But, like, it doesn't, like, really, really develop until, like, that scene when they're floating in the stars. <sighs> it's so cute. Yeah. Well, also, so... Um... I don't know if you know who James Dean is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, no, I, I haven't seen... Um, Rebel Without a Cause, but, like, yeah. I know he was, like, super famous, like, kind of, like, the Heath Ledger of, like, the yeah. 20s, right? I don't whatever. 50s. 50s. Yeah. There we go. That was, <laughs> that was the decade I was looking for. Yeah, there you go. That's a really good comparison. He was definitely, yeah. like, the Heath Ledger of the 50s. Um, So, Rebel Without a Cause was another one of those movies that I watched way too young to understand what it meant, because okay. my brother went through, like, this whole, like, film school phase and, like, all these different things. So, he showed me that movie. So, I remember when they talked about it in... This movie, I was kind of like, oh, I know that movie. <laughs> and then when they went to the observatory, that like was such an homage to old Hollywood in a way that was so respectful. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like this movie because this movie has a problem where it's like literally like up Hollywood's ass in a way. Yeah. Um, where it's, like, only talking about how great Hollywood is and all these different things, and that's one of those moments. Um, but it just meant, like, personally, that meant, like, so much to me. Like, to see them in the observatory, and, like, I thought it was cool, too, because it's, like, a science thing, and it's, like, how their attraction is, like, scientific. Like, you can't, like, get them apart from each other. It's, like, meant to be kind of thing. I never really looked at it like that, but yeah. It's a metaphor. Yeah. (laughs) Um... And there's, like, a really famous scene in Rebel Without a Cause where they're, like, street racing up the observatory, and it's, like, a really windy road and, like, all these different things, and I don't know. I just really like that. I like how it pays respect to, like, the old movies in Mm -hmm. a way, and it makes people, like, culturally aware of them. Like, I don't think any of my friends heard of what Rebel Without a Cause was before they watched this movie. Yeah, I definitely heard of it because, like, I knew, like, um, I think when, uh, around the time when Keith Ledger died... Um, like, my mom was the one who pointed out, like, oh, like, he was definitely kind of, like, the James Dean of, like, yeah. our decade. Um, and, like, and I think I'd seen a couple other movies had, like, paid, like, homage to Rebel Without a Cause, but I had, yeah. I still have yet to see the movie. Yeah. Uh, well, Bre- Rebel Without a Cause is kind of, like, 
what Breakfast Club was for like people in the eighties, like teenagers okay. in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. It was this like frustration of like I think it was like the beginning of baby boomers becoming frustrated at like the old way of doing things of like okay. the nuclear family and yeah. like all these traditional norms in like American culture. Um, so I think it's interesting that Rebel Without a Cause is like this movie because I feel like it's a larger statement of like how um, Seb and Mia are kind of like rebels themselves. They're like chasing what they love and they're doing what they think is right Yeah. as opposed to like what society says that they should do. Mm-hmm. So I just really like that that's incorporated in there. It's a great movie. 11 out of 10. <laughs> you should watch. All- James Dean only made three movies. Okay. So you should watch all of them. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, da, 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 Plantarium's really good. Okay, so actually I lied. This is my favorite scene <laughs> in the whole movie, A Lovely Night. Ugh! Okay, yeah, this is a really good scene. Like, everything about that movie, it's like you said, it's like awkward how they build their relationship. Yeah. But that scene made sense to me. Like, not the party, mm-hmm. but them dancing and, like, being like, ooh, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. let me be mean to you because I like you. Ah. Yeah. You know? Very, it's very flirty. Like, they're dancing. Everything, like, in that scene is very flirty. I know. Um, but it's also, like, really subtle flirty. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, in your face. Like, we're trying to, like, flirt with each other. Yeah. And, like, if you're not looking for it, like, it's almost easy to be like, oh, they're just, like, annoyed with each other. Yeah. But it makes sense. And then you see that when he... It's like, oh, my car's just up the hill. And then he walks all the way back down the other way. And you're like, oh, okay. That's why he was there. <laughs> it's so cute. I yeah. love this movie. <laughs> That's like my favorite song in the movie too. And it, it's also nostalgic for me because all my friends from high school were like, every time we got in a car together, we'd just like play a lovely oh. night. And I'll be like, I'm Emma Stone. You're Ryan Gosling. And we'd like <laughs> sing along. Um, I will say the flaw of this movie is another flaw that I just thought of is the songs aren't really like singable in a way like most of them yeah. are, are like scores more than mm-hmm. like songs yeah um it's, so that's why I really like Lovely Night too because it's one of those songs that you can like sing to in the car yeah exactly and it's so good and it's so pretty <laughs> it's so good um so yeah I really love that scene um, there weren't that many great lines in this movie. Like I said, the dialogue wasn't yeah. really... But I don't think, like, the dialogue... I don't I don't know. Like, I don't think the movie needed good dialogue. That's now true. That I think about it, like, it had those scores, and, like, it very much tried to tell the story more through, like, the musical aspect than it did the vocal aspect. So I think that's the reason, like, why he probably, like, focused more on the music and less on the dialogue because he wanted to tell the story that way. That's true. Good point. Yes. <laughs> um, I guess like an, one word, this line really stuck out to me because I'm someone, as a four, I'm someone who's like romantic and idealized and passionate right. and head in the cloud. So there's a line where Ryan Gosling's like, why do you say romantic like it's a dirty word? Like it should be something that's celebrated. And I just think that's something that more people should think about. Yeah. Like if you're passionate about something and you idealize something, like that's not bad. No, it's definitely not. Yeah. Like, follow your passions, follow your dreams. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Um I don't know. I think the reason, like I said earlier, I really resonated with this movie and like what I really really love about it is just how um like it really encompasses 
like passion in a way mm-hmm. and like failure in a way that's so relatable. Yeah. Um, I remember I had a friend in high school. She went to Harvard. She's at Harvard now and you know, she's going to be president of a tech startup. So maybe she's, be- she's like has better opinions than me. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I remember she saw this movie and she's like, it was the stupidest movie I've ever seen. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why would you say that to me? <laughs> I was so mad. And she, she's also someone though, who's like never struggled with anything. Mm-hmm. Like, Obviously, didn't even try. I got, like, 2350 on her SATs kind of thing. Or, like, number one state cello player in the state of Texas that year. Like, doesn't even have to study. Like, takes a math test. Gets, like, 100. You know what I mean, kind of person? Yeah. So, I think, like, a lot of people also can't understand this movie. Because they've never, like, struggled in a way. And dealt with failure and rejection. Because I feel like that's something that we don't really talk about in movies, too. Like, a lot of movies are really idealized, and everything's, yeah. like, a perfect scenario. And so I really like that about this movie, because I was like, I fail sometimes, so yeah. I'm Emma Stone from yeah. La La Land. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, let's see if there's anything else. Is there anything else that you were like, oh my god, okay. I love this about this movie? So, this is, I don't know if you've ever, like, heard, I don't, one of my friends brought this up to me, like, especially, like, when the movie first came out, but, like. The color theory in the movie. Yeah. Have you ever, okay. Go, so, go off. Um, like the way they like develop the colors, like with the characters and everything too, like plays out like how each character is like developing in their life. Um, so like the very beginning of the movie, like super happy, like there's a bunch of primary colors, very vibrant, and like they use this a lot for like a lot of the dream scenes too. So like the epilogue, they have a lot of color. Um, someone in the crowd, there's a lot of color. Um, what other? Um, like again, like the opening scene, those scenes have a lot of color, um, and then like I feel like they use color a lot of times too to like show the characters' emotions. So at the very beginning, um, when Mia has her first audition, right, she is gonna go into it wearing like the white blouse that she's supposed to wear, but she gets coffee on it. So now she's like frustrated, sad. So she oh. puts on a blue jacket, and she has this blue jacket on through the movie. Um, I think, like, or not through the movie, but through that audition, right? And then um, Sebastian always wears, like, he doesn't always, but, like, a lot of times you see him wearing a brown shirt or a brown suit. And, like, brown to me is, like, one of those colors that's very, very close to black. And black is, like, the complete color because it's absorbing all the colors in the light spectrum, right? Yes, science. Um, So (laughs) he's, like, very close to being, like, to me, like, fulfilled and satisfied, but he's still, like, can't quite get there but the only scenes you see sebastian wearing like black is when he's performing on stage so he can make money to be with mia and i think sad and then like at the end of the movie when like they break up he's wearing the brown suit again but like he's fulfilled his dream so he should be in black but he's in brown again because as soon as he sees mia sitting across from him he realizes like and like then it cues to the epilogue scene he's like i would literally give up my entire dream just to be with her because she's the reason like I would be fulfilled like the ending always yeah. makes me sad the ending is very sad yeah but you were saying I'm sorry and then like Mia is still at the end like she's wearing black because as much as she loves Sebastian her life is fulfilled because she's like she has her Hollywood dream she's married and has a kid like she's fulfilled and it's like grateful as she is to Sebastian for like pushing her to this last audition she 
didn't need Sebastian as much as Sebastian needed her. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So good. This is what I'm talking about. Visual storytelling. A concept. Yeah. It adds to the story. Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really awesome. Um, you can definitely tell, too, with, like, the background colors and the way that the background colors, like, weave themselves in and out. Like, there's that scene where they're, like, fighting with each other. Yeah. And the, the background's, like, red. So, right. that like, little things like that, I think, really enhance this movie. And, like I said, take it from, like, good to great. Very much, Because yeah. you can always keep rewatching and looking for those details. Because yeah. there's so much. Um, so, yeah. Another quick line that I think I should note. It, note. So, this podcast is called See You in the Movies. I don't know right. if you know what that's a reference to. Well, rewatching it, <laughs> I noticed the line today. Yeah. So. That's, like, my favorite, like, quip in the movie like funny moment yeah where emma stone um is like saying she's an actress or whatever and he has to leave to go play the guitar mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> first of all it's so good yeah. <laughs> and then he's like well mia guess i'll see you in the movies and i was just like <laughs> I, I don't know why that like hit me so much but it really did and i thought that was a good way to yeah. talk about like, this was kind of the movie, too, that really got me into movies. Like, I was always okay. passively into movies, but then I really became interested in them after this. And, like, hearing that line, I was like, it's meant to be. Podcast. Ah. Um, but I do really like about what you said about the color theory. And I really like this movie paints, like, L.A. in a very nice setting. It does, yeah. Like, yeah. the only scene that, like, it could not be nice is, like, before, like, all the dancing and singing and, like, in the... Um, opening scene like when you have like you're just painting between all the cars and then like when the music starts picking up LA becomes beautified and then like you never like really see it in an ugly setting again yeah for sure and I don't know if you've ever been to LA I have not no there's so many homeless people (laughs) like it's not it's not this like glamorized version but I thought it was so again like I feel like this movie is an homage to how these two, like, struggling artists see everything and, like, with rose-colored glasses kind of thing. Right. And I feel like making L.A. and, like, using those primary colors and different things, combining those elements, like, makes you see L.A. in, like, a rose-colored glasses. So I really like that about this movie. It's yeah, very pretty aesthetic. It is very pretty. I know. Um, well, I think that's everything I have. Is there anything else that you're, like, I need to talk about this right away? one other thing that like it's kind of a reach maybe a bit of a stretch but like also like (laughs) continuing off like so sebastian always wears brown right Mm -hmm. and like what's the one thing that like in that audition hinders mia from getting her like audition i mean not necessarily like it could be her acting but also like she can't wear like what she was supposed to wear to the audition because she has a brown stain on it so like in the beginning yeah like her dreams are hindered because she, like, has him on her mind, um, like, from that first encounter where he flipped her off. Or she flipped him off. <laughs> um, Classic. Yeah. Um, and then, like, when he finally lets her go, she's able to pursue her dream. Aww, that's so sweet. I love this movie. We love subtext. <laughs> so good. Um, freak, there's something else I was going to say. What were we talking about? Oh, really quickly. I like how Emma Stone is in that audition scene where she's like crying or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Why is that the most incredible acting I've ever seen? No, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I know. That's the irony of it all. I was like, this is really good acting. I know. It's like one of our best like parts of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like, freaking idiot. <laughs> I, it makes me wonder like how many actors out there like could be the next great actors, but people just want a sandwich and like kind of yeah. don't care about them. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Ugh, so much. So much to see. Hopefully Hollywood can... Be nicer to people in the audition process now. We'll see. Anyway, that's all. Oh, wait. Ratings. What should we rate this out of? Out of 10 keytars. How many do you give this movie? Ten <laughs> um, I say... We'll do a solid 9.8 keytars. Oh, I respect it. Yeah. Yeah. I give it a 10 out of 10, but I understand that this movie is flawed and it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's my top five favorite movies ever. There it's we go. It's definitely my favorite, but I do think like there are rooms that could push it. It was literally just John Legend's freaking turtleneck. Yeah. yeah. Take he looks like Arthur. Out, it's a 10. I know. Literally. <laughs> the only flaw. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I have to say. Any last words of wisdom? Um... Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Okay. Please. Good talk. <laughs> Bye.